Across the ASEAN, only on Money FM 89.3. Well, earlier today, we got a bit of a positive surprise with third quarter GDP figures for Singapore and the final print of it actually impressing with growth of about 7.1%, easily beating the average estimate of economists covering Singapore's economy. Of course, we want to see how this will line up for Singapore's overall GDP outlook for this year and the year ahead, and also take stock of how Southeast Asian economies might fare moving forward as we start to see more restrictions across across the region starting to lift. Today on Across the ASEAN, we are pleased to be joined by Mr. Temer Beg, who is the chief economist for DBS to help us make sense of the Singapore's impressive GDP numbers and what he's looking out for with regards to the Southeast Asian economy moving forward. Mr. Beg, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome to the show, sir. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. All right, Mr. Beg. So, you know, this was a very uh, pleasant surprise, as I mentioned, 7.1% growth year on year for third quarter GDP. And I might assume that it beat most expectations of analysts, perhaps um, surprising to the upside. But we'll take this number, though. I do want to know, since DPS did say that their outlook for growth for the full year is at 6.7%, how does this line up with your outlook, with your with your uh, forecast? Does this basically set us on track or perhaps even give us a shot at exceeding the forecast that you guys released just a couple of weeks ago? So I think, you know, we are exactly where MTI is, that they feel that after today's data print, you know, we're looking at the top end of their 6 to 7% range forecast. So we're at 6.7. We're not going to be compelled to change the forecast around that. But yeah, close to 7% growth for 2021 looks good, which sets the ground for maybe 3 3.5% next year, both of which are substantially above trend. For Singapore, given its you know performance over the last decade or so, so lots of difficulties this year. Uh, not all the difficulties will dissipate next year, but these are decent numbers to start with. Indeed, and growth has performed quite well actually, despite a number of headwinds. Sir, we had those social restrictions that persisted until the recent easing last um, in in the last couple of days. We had COVID nineteen infections rising, really uh, sending shivers up the spines of many here, and also the supply chain bottlenecks and port congestions. When you look out across the shores, what has been key? keeping the economy fairly shielded from these headwinds and really resulted in this better-than-expected report card? Two things. First, global demand for the things that Singapore makes is very, very strong. So even if there is bottleneck in the supply chain, whatever one can sell, there is an eager buyer for that. So we are seeing that on the electronics side, but we're also seeing it in the non-electronics export side, very strong demand, and therefore on the external demand side, Singapore has done very well. Uh, and then there is things, I think, given the supply chain bottlenecks. On the domestic demand side, yes, we have restrictions. We can't go about uh, the way we would like to go about it. But at the same time, thanks to the digital means, we can order whatever we want is coming to our homes. And we're consuming a lot of electronic stuff online, whether it's Netflix or what have you. So as a result, uh, consumption is not that weak. Uh, the same sort of restrictions 10, 15 years ago would have had a far more debilitating impact on the economy. But thanks to digitalization, even if we can travel a lot, we can still consume quite a bit. So that's, I think, are the two main reasons why growth is turning out to be a bit better than what we would have expected. I'm glad you brought up the consumption numbers and the fact that you've seen signs that it's more resilient than we actually give it credit for. But because, but we also do note that October inflation actually continued to surprise on the upside. It's been a while since we've seen consumer prices here uh, breach 3%, also beating market expectations. Now, consumer sentiment might have been about fairly resilient in the third quarter. But if inflation persists, do you think that this could cause concern for consumer sentiment and confidence here? 
No, I wouldn't worry too much about it. You know, we run an inflation expectation survey jointly with uh, Singapore Management University's SKBI. Okay. Um, and what we find there is that as energy prices go up, as electricity prices go up, people's expectations in the near term gets a little higher. But the medium-term inflation expectation for Singaporeans remains very well anchored. I don't think MAS has anything to worry about as far as people's long-term attitude toward price stability. In the near term, if you see your utility bills going up sharply, when you go to the gas station to take um, uh, petroleum for your car, if that is 10 20 30% more expensive, of course, that has an impact on your sense of well-being, on your sentiment. But to us, these are near-term supply-side issues. Whether it is chip shortage or fuel price surge, uh, these will be taken care of by supply side response in the three to nine month horizon. Uh, so if I were the MS, I would be keeping an eye on this elevated inflation rates, but I would not worry too much about it. We're still meeting to Tamer Beg, who's the chief economist for DBS here on Across the Eyes. And I want to shift our focus now, sir, to the region. And probably one of the most frustrating jobs in 2021 might be an economist who covers Southeast Asia. We started out mm-hmm. the year with these strong expectations, and then almost every quarter, people had to shrug their shoulders and suddenly whittle down their expectations because of the COVID-19 lockdowns. But there is more hope renewed once again as we enter as we head to the next year based on your expectations is the worst indeed all over and who could stand to benefit the most from a continuous reopening as long as we don't see a resurgence at least of COVID-19 infections knock on wood right I mean Delta really did a number on us this year didn't it so we thought that as vaccinations began to get rolled out there would be gradual reopening and that did not happen at all for the Philippines and Malaysia's and Thailand's in the region, and they all suffer tremendously through repeated bouts of virus resurgence. Um, when you look at the vaccination numbers, finally the region is beginning to catch up. They're still not at Singapore levels, but they're getting in the 30, 40, 50 percent of the population range. We now have viral treatment, antiviral treatment coming on the pipeline, which will also be available to these countries. So I think we can be fairly optimistic that 2022 would be a substantially better year for the ASEAN region than 2021 on the back of A, supply chain related disruptions easing and B, domestic reopening, both toward tourism as well as internal tourism. Uh, So, you know, I mean, we're seeing good news, as you read just a little while ago, the land border link between Singapore and Malaysia. We're beginning to see vaccinated travel lanes coming up. Uh, So this will help the region substantially. 2022 has got to be a better year than 2021 for us, yeah. And just very quickly, sir, you know, the easing of those restrictions of the land border with Malaysia, I mean, we see a lot of key economic flows between these two countries dependent on that uh, particular border. Um, how big of a deal is this actually for Singapore's economy and how big of a difference could this actually make once these borders, re- when this land, once this land border eases? It's just not a question of economic ties, which is very important, but it's also about, you know, people. You know, there's so many people in the food and beverage industry who have been separated from their loved ones in the past year or so because of border restrictions. So this would add another layer of normalcy, emotional normalcy on top of economic normalcy that I think would be a win-win for both nations. Uh, the two nations are extremely tightly related, and this sort of separation has never really happened in the past. So I think that as supply chains get restored, as the movement between the two peoples uh, among the border, especially the migrant workers, improve, uh, it's, it's going to be a good thing, uh, not just from uh, emotional well-being that I just you know, sort of stressed upon, but uh, normalcy of supply chains, normalcy of goods delivery would improve and, and it'll be a very positive development.
Tamer Beg, Chief Economist for DBS, thank you so much for joining us today on Across the ASEAN to help us recap Singapore's recent third quarter scorecard. As always, sir, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to next time you can join us on the show. Hope you have a great afternoon ahead, sir. Thank you so much. Take care. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.